So, if you will stand with me, we are going to read God's Word. So, this is, comes from Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This is God's word. It's true, and it's given out of his love. You may be seated. Amen. Thanks, David. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here today. Um... If you were here last week, you know that I preached last week, and I am not taking over the teaching pastor position at this church. Um, That is Colbert's, and we're all happy about that. Um, But some of you know, some of you have been on the prayer request this week, and some of you don't know that uh, Colbert's brother Jordan was in a very serious uh, car accident this week in Germany, where he's stationed overseas, and so um, our lead pastor, Colbert... He's on a plane right now. He's in Chicago at 6 o'clock right now to Germany to be with his family. And uh, so I want to I spend some time um, praying for that uh, and just really praying for him in general. I want to say a couple things, and I know that Team Schultz is right here, and I'm not trying to embarrass you guys, but I just want to tell you um, I've, I've been in pastoral ministry for 23 years. Um, Colbert's the best boss I've ever had. And you get, yes, give it up. Uh, you guys have a really great lead pastor, and it's difficult in these days. I've been the lead pastor of a church before. It's difficult in these days because um, leadership is kind of approached with, instead of sort of a baseline level of trust, he, we're approached with a baseline level of skepticism, like, are you going to mess this up? And I'm not accusing any of you of that, but I'm just saying in general, that's how people approach Colbert's position nowadays. And so he has done exceedingly well with that. He works so hard for you guys. He prays for you guys. He loves his family. He loves you. And you need to be thankful. And I know that you are. I'm not yelling at you here. Just be thankful for him. And uh, one of the things he's doing, he told me when I talked to him on Thursday, he's going over there really just to sit with the family, to sit with his brother and sit with the folks there what an awesome example for all of us. And I can tell you just from the guy who has to talk all the time, that can be difficult to go and just sit. <laughs> and that's what he's doing, and that's how we help uh, each other when we're grieving and help each other through difficult times. One of the things we can do is actually just clam up and sit with people. And that's what he's doing. And so what a great example for us. Um, it's been a really difficult, I would say, season for, for Team Schultz. That's what we call him around here, Team Schultz. And so I just want to spend a minute and pray for the family. There's been a lot of loss for them the last four or five months. You guys know about that. A lot of injury, a lot of, a lot of difficult situations. And so I just want to lift them up, lift Colbert up today. And you can do that this week as you think of him. He'll be over there um, through, through next weekend. So 
you can continue to do that this week as you, as you think of it. And if you're on the prayer chain, I'm sure you'll be getting some updates. Jordan has shown some positive signs. Uh, he, is, he is alert. He, he is awake today, which is kind of a miracle. Um, we're thankful for that. Um, but a lot of difficult things that he'll be working through, of course. So spend a minute. Let's just gather our hearts together before we jump into God's word today. Father, you told us in the scriptures that we should give honor to whom honor is due, and so I just do that for my brother Colbert. Um, Thanks for him and the gift of him, and thanks for his um, sensibilities and his heart to go spend time with his family um, and to be a caring uh, space over there. Thanks for him. And God, I just pray for him, for Kelly, for the kids, Mark and Desiree. Uh, Right now, we especially pray for Jordan. God, would you uh, bring peace? Uh, to all the Schultzes. God, you said in Isaiah that you would uh, make the rough places plain. That you would make the rough places plain. And, and I just ask that, God, for Team Schultz in the coming days, that you would smooth things out a bit. Um, and whatever your timeline is, God, we, we submit and we honor uh, your timeline for, for us. And um, so whatever your timeline is in all these things, God, that you would quickly bring um, just smooth places for them and times of refreshing for them. I just ask that. And uh, just thanks for the gift of the whole family. Thanks for all the work they do for us. Um, and God, we know that you're blessing them for that. Would you continue to, to bless them for that? And give Colbert safe travels this morning and uh, lots of leg room and empty seats. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys. So um, let me recap. If you, if you haven't been with us, um, we are going through the book of Acts. If you have been with us, you know that. And the last two weeks, Paul has been at trial. Paul's been at trial, and there's been a lot of unethical judges and unethical systems uh, going on. Um, and a lot of corrupt judges, uh, a lot of corrupt Pharisees. It's been really kind of crazy what Paul has had to go through. And, and we talked um, last week about, you know, being a victim of injustice, of unfairness, Paul was, how he held on to his integrity. Through that, he didn't return um, unethical behavior with unethical behavior. He held on to his integrity. Um, we talked about his deep faith and, and how we should have deep faith in the sovereignty of God, uh, especially in those kind of difficult circumstances that we can find ourselves in, that Paul found himself in, how we can trust God in the midst of those times. Um, and afterwards, last week, especially afterwards at our tables and in some discussion, I thought it might be good to follow up on those last few weeks as we've looked at Paul, his unfair trial. Um, he's sort of existing in this kangaroo court uh, of the Romans. There's a lack of justice. Um, I thought we could follow up on that and think together, what do we do then in our own lives when things aren't fair? What do we do when people are getting the best of us? What do we do when uh, you're not being treated well? not being treated appropriately. What, what do you do? I even heard last week at my table last week, we were digging into God's sovereignty over uh, evil events and over bad circumstances. And, and someone said, well, it's easy to say that. It's easy to talk about God's sovereignty, but what do you do? What do you do? Because it can just sort of become kind of Christianese that we say, well, God's in control and, and God's sovereign of that. So, so what do we do? We can say that, but what do we do? Well, We're going to look at two categories that I think we need to recover uh, today in in the church, two categories that help us, that God gave to us in times like these, and we've actually begun to sort of neglect those in the church because it doesn't really uh, jive with our culture very well. So two sort of categories help us. Turn with me, if you have a Bible or phone Bible, to Psalm 13. Psalm 13. 
Psalm chapter 13. By the way, Pastor Pet Peeve, it's, it's one psalm and many psalms, right? Because they're songs. So when people say turn to Psalms 20, you can hit them in the back of the head. No, I'm just kidding. But don't, uh, it's one psalm, one song, many psalms. Thank you, therapy done. One psalm. <laughs> psalm 13. This is a psalm of lament. And here's what David says. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Psalm of Lament. I think it's unfortunate that we don't want to talk or sing about these kinds of things in church. There was ever a place to be messy, right, and to be troubled about our lives, it would be church, right? We should be able to bring that kind of thing. How long, God, are you going to let this go on? We should be able to bring things and feelings like that into this place. Um, It's really a cry for justice, for the justice of God. There are things, these are things that God had said he would do. These are things that God had promised to David, provision and protection. He would keep him from his enemies. He would keep David safe. He promised that. So David's in danger. It's like, God, you promised. How long? How long, O Lord? So it's a complaint for the sake of justice when it seems like God has forgotten and and we need rescue. The book of Psalms is full of Psalms of lament. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. There are many. Um, but there's a couple, I think they're up here. Uh, Psalm 10, why do you stand far away? God, why are you far off from us? Psalm 79, how long will you stay angry with us? And then he, he prays for justice for the other nations. Psalm 89, how long will you hide yourself? All these songs written, songs of lament, um, written for God's people throughout history. David wrote them, the Holy Spirit inspired them for us. So we shouldn't neglect them, especially in times of trouble. Now, some of us might wonder if it's okay to talk like this. Some of you may have been, may have been raised like, I don't, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to God like that. Is this the most positive and encouraging language David could have used? I use those terms on purpose. I, isn't this supposed to be the victorious Christian life? Can David pray like this? It's not very positive. Well, we're hurting ourselves when we don't allow these emotions in the church or when we're so sunny and happy with everything we do that the normal Christian life is thought to be endlessly positive. And so this is seen as abnormal that we would be upset or troubled. That's sort of the, the thing, that, the vibe that we can give a... Excuse me? That's sort of the emotion that we can come across with that everything should be positive... Instead of us being okay with the Bible giving us language for when times are troubling. And so if we, if we put out that sense that the normal Christian life is positive, then we make people feel guilty and shameful that, oh, I don't feel very positive. And ourselves, we can be like, well, I don't, I don't feel very good this morning. I don't, I don't feel God near. I don't feel like circumstances are going well. I wonder if I'm a good Christian. David, how long, right? So we have an example of one of the, if, if we were going to do 
that thing that would be ridiculous to make like a top 10 list of Christians all time? I don't know if you'd want to do that. I think David, King David would be on the list, right? King David would probably be there, and he is the one troubled in his spirit, troubled in his soul. If our worship is only positive, we're not being honest. And David is being honest here. Certainly, we would say David, like I said, was a believer. David had a strong faith. You know that the scriptures say that David was a man after God's own heart, right? And he pours his complaint out to God. When we don't talk about the full range of human emotion, we don't give room for the full range of human emotion, including loneliness, guilt, desolation, anger, desperation. God, I'm desperate. We get stuck. We get stuck wondering why we or they just can't be Christian enough to smile through it all. Doesn't compute. Well, why can't they just be Christian enough to smile through it all? Well, that's because we're not giving room for the range of the full human emotion. And God made us human. He made us with these emotions, and so we can get stuck. The gospel speaks a different word than that. It speaks a different word. Jesus said, Matthew 5, you know it, blessed are those who mourn. Jesus was leaving room for us to have those emotions. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. They shall be comforted. Russell Moore puts it clearer than I just said it. Let's listen to him for a minute. Russell Moore says this. I think I have this up here. In the kingdom, we receive comfort in a very different way than we're taught to in American culture. We receive comfort not by, on the one hand, whining in our sense of entitlement, or, on the other hand, pretending as though we're happy, We are comforted when we see our sin, our brokenness, our desperate circumstances, and we grieve, and we weep, and we cry out for deliverance. That's the pathway to comfort when we give vent to that. We give room for that in our communities among each other. And we don't come in right away like Job's friends with, oh, hey, God is sovereign. Turn with me to Psalm, you know, in your your time of grief. No, no, no. And just sit with each other. We just give space, give room for those emotions. And then certainly there there's, could be a time for encouragement later. Um, but Dr. Moore is right. Comfort is defined very differently in the scriptures than in our culture. And so in this psalm, Psalm 13, and, and like I said, elsewhere in the psalms, we see lament. And we see some different facets of lament. Now, there's a book on lament that I'm leaning on here a little bit for the next few minutes. This is from a a pastor named Mark Vergop. The book is called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. If you want to jot that down, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Put that in Amazon or whatever. He has a whole book on lament, on biblical lament. And he says there's four parts to it. There's four parts to biblical lament. And here here they are, uh, turning to God, bringing your complaint, asking boldly, and choosing to trust. Now, we, we see some of those very clearly in this psalm. Some of it's implied and in other psalms more clear. But turning to God. First line of Psalm 13. How long? O horoscope. No. How long? O alcohol. How long? O marijuana. No. How long? O Lord. Yes, God. He's, he's going vertical. He is going to the Lord. He's turning to God with his complaint. Got real quiet when I said a few words. There. I apologize for that. I'm just telling you, there, there are other options, right? David is going to the Lord, bringing your complaint. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face? How long will my enemy 
triumph over me. So it's very specific of what David's asking for. My enemies are getting close to triumphing over me. I feel neglected. Bringing his complaint. Asking boldly for God to rescue him from that. Sort of implied in Psalm 13 that he's asking God to deliver him. A little bit more explicit in other psalms. But he's asking God to deliver him. And then choosing to trust, right? The end of it, uh, verse 5, I will trust in your steadfast love. So some people can view verses 5 and 6 as kind of a juke, as kind of a happy ending. No, it's not that David stops being troubled in verse 5. I bet he says, but I trust in your unfailing love through tears. Right? He's just expressing and reminding his own heart that he is trusting for God to come through. So those are four parts of lament. Seeking God's help while in pain is an act of faith. Lament is actually a very faithful thing to do because, again, implicit when we say I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to help me is that you think God could help you, right? Going to him means I think God can help me with this. So it is an act of faith. And again, we talked about sort of the, some, some other ways to go there. We can go to despair. There's no hope for me in this. We can go to denial. Everything's fine. How are you doing? Great. Doing great. Right? Denial. Or, or there's no hope for me. But lament, four things here. Lament invites us to dare to hope in God's promise as we ask for help, as we're in pain. We ask for God's promise. We avoid kind of the two extremes there. Here's what Mark Vergop says. It says, until Jesus returns, the world will be marked by tears. Children will continue to be born, and their first cry will announce their arrival into a broken world. To cry is human, but to lament is Christian. I think that's so beautiful. Have you ever had the honor of being in the delivery room? Many of you had. I have for my kids. You know, the baby is born, and everybody's just listening like, hope she's going to cry, right? What is, the, what is the first announcement that the baby's okay? Crying. <laughs> to cry is human. That's how we know. I, one, of, one of my children actually didn't cry for a bit. There was some junk stuck in her lungs, and we got very nervous. My first kid, I was 22 or something. Very nervous. I'd never been in the delivery room before, 23 years old, and uh, took her a little while. And then... A few minutes later, my daughter started crying. Everybody was thrilled. <laughs> to cry is human. It's how we announce that we're here. But to lament is Christian. Sort of an add-on to that. I think that's a beautiful picture. Now, beyond biblical lament, there are other options. There are other options. Bitterness, self-pity. We talked a lot about self-pity last week. Anger. Withdrawal, if, if we don't receive care from Jesus, if we don't receive care from Jesus and, and gain the ability to walk with the Lord through things, we will either turn inward, bitterness, self-pity, we'll turn inward, or we'll turn outward with anger, blaming, maybe some destructive behavior is how we cope. If you're especially gifted like me, you've done both at the same time, turn inward and outward right? We have an advocate. We have a father, one who cares for us, and we need to take him up on that. If we don't do that, we will begin to sin. We'll begin to act destructively. We'll begin to hurt those around us, and we will change for the worse. Not all personal change is good. If we just go inward, 
if we just hide our emotions from the Lord, we will change. We'll become harder people, more bitter, more angry. We can also go to gossip. We can go to slander. Instead of lamenting before God uh, what is happening, we can tell him before we tell Twitter. We tell God. I'm troubled about it. I don't like this. We can go to him first. And so these other options we can see are, are, the, are the source of many, many of the, of the um, difficult things in our lives. When instead of, I mean, it's, it's day two of Christianity, right? Vacation Bible school, it's usually like day two, like here's how you pray. When you are scared and you can't fall asleep in your room, pray. Ask God to help you, right? And we forget it when we get older and sophisticated and smart, right? That step one is go to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. It, it can help put some fences around some of these other outcomes, around bitterness, self-pity, if we will continually go to the Lord. That's why Paul said in, in Thessalonians to pray. Anybody remember this shortest verse in the Bible? Pray without ceasing. Pray continuously, right? I guess Jesus wept is the shortest verse in the Bible. Pray continuously, a close second. Pray continuously. You might go to the Lord and sort of be free from some anxiety and self-pity, and then 10 minutes later, it might hit you again. What should you do? Pray again. That's the beauty of our relationship with God is we can continue to come. Our God has an infinite mind. He has infinite presence. He has infinite understanding. We can continue to come to him. We're not going to fatigue the infinite mind of the Lord. So keep coming to him. What are the two practical takeaways? I just, I got ahead of myself. Two practical takeaways. The first one is, is David is going to the Lord. Not inward, bitterness, self-pity, not outward, lashing out, anger, getting drunk. Going vertical. Going to the Lord. To the Lord in his lament. We need a voice from outside ourselves. We need to go Godward with our disappointments and anxieties. That's why I put the scripture reading, what I did this morning, Psalm 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. When Paul says everything, that's the Greek word that means everything. In everything, by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, then, when you, when you do that, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a, that can be a process. Again, that can be a thing that happens and then needs to happen five minutes later. But God is promising you that to have peace, step one, go to him. He invites us to do so. Taking our struggles to God. Don't hide it. Don't stuff it. Complain about it to the Lord. He's asking you to do it. And I would even say to those of us who struggle with anxiety and depression, God has given us many good gifts. Doctors, therapy techniques, medicine, yes, is a good gift from the Lord. And we should consider those and we should make use of those as we, as we think it appropriate, as our doctors think it appropriate. But first, before any of that, have you gone to the Lord? Have you gone to the Lord? Uh, take it to the Lord. All helpful doctors will tell you, helpful doctors will tell you that you will be helped in anxiety, in depression, in discouragement, if we would go vertical in those times. It's not going to solve it. Again, God has given us many good gifts. We should take advantage of all of them, but help, a helpful doctor would tell you, yeah, you, you might want to pray. You might want to find folks to come around you and pray with you for that. 
Why? Because we can't handle all that life throws at us. Can we just say that? We can't handle what life throws at us. David couldn't. Again, top ten list. David, on it. Can't handle life. Can't handle it. So we can't either. And we never could. But the information age has made us think that we could handle everything if we just had all the correct information, right? If we just had all the right knowledge, we should be able to handle this. And so then we feel, you know, a bit of shame that we can't handle the circumstances of our lives and we get anxious. We never could. And the lie is that we could somehow gain enough information to do so. Here's what Louis Giglio says, which is helpful. He says, we crave information from God. We were made for a relationship with God. God doesn't often send blueprints and plans for life in the mail. Wouldn't that be nice? No, he invites us to walk with him. See, God wants relationship with us. That's how he's going to mold us into the people he wants us to be, and we just want the blueprints, right? God, please tell me what you're going to do tomorrow. And God wants us and wants us to come to him in all those times. So even at the, I mean, even at the end of this psalm in verse 5 and 6, we see the Godward focus of David's prayer and his expectations. But I will trust in your unfailing love. So again, God's given us so many gifts. A warm cup of coffee, a a funny movie, being with our friends. Great things we need to take advantage of. Step one, go to the Lord. If you've wrapped up your lament and you're, you're expressing your trust in him, let's do that first, right? Let's go to God first, even in that place. So if you're in the middle of something that you don't understand... Like David, put your hope in God, in his steadfast love, cry out for the deliverance of God, and set your eyes on his deliverance even before it comes, because it's coming. God gets eternity to make those promises come true. We hope that deliverance from certain circumstances will happen before that. Amen, we do. But even if if it doesn't and it happens in eternity, he will. Deliverance is coming. So you can think about that now. You can put your hope in that deliverance because it's coming. Set your mind on things above, Paul said, and uh, like David, go horizontal. Go horizontal, not inward, not outward. Upward with our lament. Second takeaway. I'm going to take a risk here. It's only week two of my teaching pastor tenure. Taking a risk. Second takeaway. It's sort of a companion to lament. But that is... The imprecatory psalms. What does imprecatory mean? Imprecatory means calling for God's justice to come down on a situation or even a person. The imprecatory psalms. Uh, an example of that would be Psalm 58. I think I have that. Psalm 58, 6, where it says, Oh God, break the teeth in their mouths, tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. David is asking God to punch them in the face. Asking God to punch them in the face. We need to recover this category. And let me explain myself. Praying for God to bring justice when we feel helpless, when we feel overwhelmed, God has given us a pattern in his word to cry out for justice. Justice. So much like I think we've started to neglect lament and we don't sit and lament before God, I think we've also neglected this imprecatory thing, uh, this pattern that he gives us, that we would cry out to him for justice when we feel overwhelmed. In the Ukraine, crying out that God's justice would be done. Africa, right now, a continent that's close to my heart, that God, would you stop these men? Would you stop the civil war? 
in Ethiopia? Would those men be taken out? It's in the Bible. Would you stop an injustice from happening? Maybe you guys would join me this week and you would pray with me that God would stop or hinder or have fences around Vladimir Putin. We can pray that. We can pray for God's justice to come into that situation. I wonder, and even as we bring it locally for a minute, we don't have to think globally there for a sec. Let's bring it locally. I wonder what, I wonder what political Twitter would look like if folks would first pray for justice and pray for evil to be stopped and pray for the truth to come out instead of yelling at each other. I just wonder if we should go vertical and pray for a person to be stopped that we think is dangerous or pray for a movement to be stopped that we might think is harmful instead of just yelling at each other all day. I encourage you, go ahead. If you don't like someone running for office here next month, you don't have to pray that God would punch them in the mouth, but maybe you should pray that they would lose. God, I pray you would stop that person. Do it. Pray God's will would be done and that that person would maybe not take office instead of potentially dividing your community. Maybe we should go before the Lord with those things. And you say, well, Aaron, I mean, isn't isn't it like the Super Bowl? Isn't somebody like praying for the other side too that my guy would be stopped and that my ballot initiative would not get passed and I'm going to pray the opposite? Yeah, he's God. Got it. He's got it. He can handle that. Handle it. And you don't have to worry about people praying for the other team. You and I may need to go before the Lord and cry out for justice for our own sake and for the health of our communities if we've done nothing, and and I don't mean you, I mean the royal us in America. If we've done nothing for the last three years, have we not just divided and yelled at each other and gone to conflict and God told us that we could just ask him? And we feel strongly about things. We do. It's okay. Again, God gave us those emotions, so let's ask him. God, would you stop that person? Would you stop him? Again, with the justice of God being our heart. David is crying out for justice here because these were evil men. These were ruthless men, and he's asking God to punch them in the mouth. We may not have to be that dramatic. But if our heart is, God, I want your glory. I want your name. I want your love and understanding in my community. I might pray for a certain person to be elected and someone else to not be elected. I might pray for a certain law to not be passed because I think it would be dangerous. Let's ask God for justice to come into a certain situation. Let's recover pleading to God for his will and for his hand to stop the other things that overwhelm us. See, if you're like me, you just feel overwhelmed. I remember there was a time, like I just, I just had to log off of, of some of my social media. I was just overwhelmed. And Jody, my wife, she would come to me and say, hey, did you see what so-and-so wrote? Man, they wrote something. I was like, no, I didn't see it. Didn't see it because I can't get on right now because I'm overwhelmed. And I become an angry person, and I actually, <laughs> there was a couple of times, like, I can't sleep because I just had a, had a comment thread with somebody for about two hours, and now I can't sleep. How about next time you pray, Aaron? It's kind of in the job description of what I'm trying to do. Just pray. Ask God to come into that situation, right? When we feel overwhelmed in our society. And when we feel overwhelmed by what we see on the news overseas or overwhelmed at, at, you know, tragedies in our midst. 
God, would you bring that person to justice? There's been a few manhunts near my house. I'm, I'm up in Denver. There's been a few um, tragedies and folks that, that they'll come on the news in the morning and say, suspect is still at large. Good morning. Hope you enjoy your coffee. There's someone in large in your town. What a moment. Hey, God, God, would you bring that person to justice? Help the police to catch him. It's not mean to pray that. Help the police to catch him. So you get it. I'm just, I'm just saying, can we recover those prayers to help ourselves, to help ourselves when we're overwhelmed and to be sort of a companion to lament? When we're lamenting, God, how long will you uh, allow this to happen? Um, the, the companion to lament could be a prayer for justice. Okay, so if I just made you mad, I'm almost done. So you're good. But I just wonder if those two categories might help us all, might help us to navigate when life is not fair, when we are, when injustice is being um, perpetuated against us, when we are, when people are getting the best of us, when we feel overwhelmed by injustice in the world. We took that from Paul's story of of being in jail for two years because he couldn't get a trial, and if he appealed to go to Jerusalem, they were going to ambush him and kill him on the way to Jerusalem so he's trapped in jail unjustly what do you do when life is unjust well we can lament and we can cry out for God's justice to come into the situation I wonder if Paul prayed that Felix would would step down and and Festus would become the new king if you remember from last week it didn't help him Festus kept him in jail too but but I just wonder I wonder if Paul was praying for that I think he probably was because Paul knew the Psalms Um, so I offer that to you. I offer that to you and all the circumstances in this room. Gosh, how many circumstances in this place this morning are, you know, I have no idea what's going on in your life. And so I just give you those two categories at our tables. We're going to talk a little bit more in detail about what that might look like for you. Um, but I, I invite you to think about that. Even as we pray now and go to our tables in your life, what are you facing this week? What is unjust in your life? What is unjust in your family? What is unjust in your community and in the world? And is that overwhelming you? How can we go vertical and how can we ask God to intervene? Just invite you to consider that with me this morning. So let's pray together and then we'll go to our tables. <clears throat> Father, I pray that you would take what I said today and, and uh, strip away um, things that, that I may be added to it and just the simplicity, God, that you invite us to come to you in all kinds of prayers, in lament, in justice, um, in, in prayers for the right to be done, in prayers for the truth to come out if we feel like there's corruption in our community. God, you want us to offer all those things to you And God, I ask that you would make us a people that do that before we just offer division to each other. Would we just offer those prayers to you? And and, and God, would the comfort of your grace just flow into our lives, the comfort of your peace as we lament openly before you and we choose to trust in you instead of other things. God, I just ask for your peace to flow into our lives and that we would be patient and that we would then also use the good gift of community. God, you've given us our brothers and sisters so that we can come to them, ask for help, uh, express our weakness, express our need, and uh, you've promised to meet us there. So meet us there and meet us now at our tables. Um, Thanks for your word and just an honest look at life from this psalm. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen. Jesus invited us to come before him as we said today and one of the central times of that is when we come before the table the Lord's Supper as we remember uh, the body and the blood of Christ that Christ shed for us and that the gospel would renew us and we would be reminded for another week of the good news of Christ he gave us that so we would remember and so we're going to stand together in a minute and you can go to the uh, stations uh, as you feel led during these last two songs. If you're a believer in Christ, we invite you to the table. If you're uh, visiting today, uh, we don't have to be a member or anything to take the Lord's Supper with us. We invite you to come. And there'll be folks in the back if you'd like someone to pray with you or uh, discuss and process with you. That'll be happening uh, during this time and after the service as well. So let's stand together and uh, we'll go to the Lord's table as we continue to worship. Thank you.